thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Good morning and welcome to Reach Women's Football Women's World Cup Digest. My name's Natasha Henry and I'm going to be your host today. I'm the editor of the women's football team at Reach. We have Jack, who, Jack Lacey Hatton, sorry, who is our chief reporter. We have Beth Lindock, our Merseyside reporter. And we also have, last but not least, Laura Hartley, our social media editor. Hi, guys. Morning. How are we? Is everyone good today? Yeah, it's it's an exciting week, isn't it? It sort of feels like the, the World Cup has been on the horizon for, for so, so long, doesn't it? So to to finally be on, be on the eve of it it's it's a really exciting time and obviously especially exciting for Jack obviously out there in Australia and, and able to give us a bit of a sense of what it's like on the ground I guess. As you may know this Women's World Cup has 32 teams for those who are new into women's football this is the biggest World Cup we've ever had the current champions are obviously the USA but England are going to be pushing them to the wire. Jack you're out in Australia for us um, what can you tell us about the mood in camp? Is there any little secrets? And how is the weather, obviously? Yeah, well, I'm pleased to say the the weather is absolutely glorious, Natasha. Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah, sorry, I didn't jump in immediately there because I know you said good morning. It's, it's the evening for me over here, so I'm, I'm still uh, still getting used to that. Um, but yeah, the, the weather's absolutely fantastic. It doesn't feel like, I mean, I suppose technically it's winter over here, but it doesn't feel like it's at all. Um, it's it, in perfect, perfect conditions, I think, for, for training, I think. By all accounts, the England team have had a, a great warm-up camp out at the the Sunshine Coast. Now moved to Brisbane, where, where I'm based, um, and obviously it's a, it's a bit of a change of pace, a bit more of a hectic city lifestyle for the the team. But I think from from all accounts today, that they're, they're settling in really well uh, ahead of that opening game on Saturday. So we've spoken a lot about the injuries that England are having. How do you think that's going to affect the team throughout the tournament, and maybe Serena Weigman's decision on who she plays in the starting eleven? Well, yeah, I, th- I think there's, you know, the, the 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 three key injuries: Leah Williamson, Fran Kirby, um, the, 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 and Beth Meadkin-Mented. But I think, you know, that the, they're long-term injuries now for for the sort of system she's going for, the team selection she's going for. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've I've sort of thought about it a lot today. I, I know a lot of people will perhaps expect there could be, you know, she could select any combination of players that would be strong enough to beat Haiti from the the squad she's got. However, this is a, a manager who didn't change her starting eleven once during that that famous run to the the Euros last last summer. Like to, and you know, I just I think regardless of that, there may be some players that like sort of you know Jordan Nobbs, who, who I spoke to earlier today, who's sort of on the, the fringes of getting in that starting eleven. Um, but you, you have to look at them and say that are, are they going to get a chance? I, I'm not so sure. I think we know that Serena doesn't like to chop and change. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see who in that starting 11 on, on Saturday because I think it, it could be the team for the tournament. I love the sound of that. We're going to come back to England later, but we're going to go through the groups shortly. New Zealand and Norway have Philippines and Switzerland in Group A. And in Group B, we have Nigeria and Canada and Australia and Republic of Ireland. Now, Beth, I know you've been looking at these two groups for us. What can you tell us about these opponents? Because not everyone is going to be familiar with teams like Nigeria and Canada ahead of the World Cup. Yeah, I think obviously to to start off with with New Zealand, one of the host nations at, at the tournament, and um, I think so when you look at the two host nations, I I wouldn't um you know I'm not too confident about New Zealand's chances of, of going too far. I mean, I think 
was having a little look earlier. They've, they've scored three goals and conceded 22 in nine games in, in 2023. So it's not, you know, perhaps the best form to be taken into to the tournament. And then you, you mentioned their opening game there against Norway. And um, one of the most exciting teams at the tournament, really, when you look at sort of the the embarrassment of attacking riches that they've got. They've got Caroline Green Hansen, obviously been absolutely tearing up for, for Barcelona, Guru Rating, and um, Freedom and from Arsenal as well. So so they're going to be a real tough opponent for, for New Zealand to kickstart their their World Cup campaign. And they've never actually, as I saw earlier, New Zealand have never actually won any game in the in the five World Cups they've participated in. So I think for them, you know, it's it winning a game is is an achievement and and you know being able to do that on home soil in front of their fans will be an achievement. Um, but I think out of that group, out of Group A, I think Norway are potentially the, the side to watch. I think they're probably likeliest to, to qualify top of that group. You've got the Philippines as well um, making their World Cup debut. Obviously, we've got a lot of nations making a World Cup debut, which is really exciting. Um, they've got only one defeat actually in their last six games, which isn't bad going. And they're obviously taking on Switzerland, first of all. And Switzerland's form have been, been slightly iffy. I think they've only won three of the, the 19 matches since the start of, of 2022. So again, not perhaps the best form to be carrying into a major tournament, but they've got the likes of Leah Valti, who their captain, who is, is fit, which is, is great. I was at the, the Everton game, um, the Arsenal-Everton game um, back in May when when Valti went down under that pretty nasty challenge from Raggedy Beaver-Jones and it sort of looked like she might be raised, facing against facing a race against time to, to be fit for the tournament. So great to see that she's fit um, for Switzerland. But yeah, I think Rupe, the ones to watch definitely, um, it, it, probably Norway, I think they're, they're probably likeliest to have it, to, you know, to, to qualify top of that group. And then you go into group B, obviously we've got the, the other host nation, Australia. And as I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they they go pretty deep into the tournament. It's obviously a stronger chance they could meet England um, in the round of 16. And, you know, Jack and I were both at that that game um, back in April where England were, were dished out their first defeat in, in 30 games under Serena Beekman. And then, um, yeah, they were they were exceptional that day. And they seem to just really stifle England. And you think if they can do that to one of the, the best teams in the world when they're they're on home soil, you know, it's I think when they're playing a home tournament, um, they've got obviously Sam Kerr will be the, the big name that is their talisman and um, you know, bidding to become well, I think she already is the, the top scorer in, in Australian men's or women's football. So, you know, she's a, we, we know uh, what a talent she is, don't we, Sam Kerr? But, you know, the likes of, of Claire Wheeler as well, Hayley Rasso, Mary Fowler, they've got just such a vast array of talent um, and, and playing on home soil. I wouldn't bet against them going pretty deep into the tournament. Um, playing, obviously, the Republic of Ireland. So, um, you know, it's great to see them qualifying for a first major tournament as well. They've got the likes of Katie McCabe, Neve Fahey, Courtney Brosnan, and a lot of WSL stars in that team and um, you know their their preparations have been slightly marred by um some discussion about Vera Powell their head coach you know allegations of, of misconduct during her time in the NWSL which I think has, has maybe blighted their preparation ever so slightly and um, but you know it'd be great to see them get out of the group and um, you touched on Nigeria earlier obviously maybe a little bit of a of a surprise package um again a side that have been locked in a bit of a dispute with their football federation which is it unfortunately a common theme, I think, with this this tournament. Um, but yet yeah, they'll be playing Canada with the, the Olympic champions as well. So there's a lot of a lot of quality in that that group B. But I think Australia I'm back into to get out top of that group. And then obviously the, the runner up will likely face England if England qualify top of their group. So that's definitely a group to keep your eye on, I think. If we go back to Australia, I mean all of us have seen lots of Sam Kerr 
Laura, what would you say her her key qualities are? You know, what should fans be looking out to see her doing, or what can we expect from her? I think it's a case of Sam Kerr. There, first of all, let's just start with the fact that you can't say Sam Kerr's name without just saying Sam Kerr. It's not just Kerr, and it's not just Sam. It's one of those where just how we say her name and how we talk about her represents how incredible of a player she actually is. And I think the thing to look out for is just her surprise. And she is a surprise package. She can go through a game where you would think, I've seen some WSL games last season where you would think Sam Kerr's not really had much to do with this game. Smack bang, last five minutes, she's in there and she's straight in the box and she's she's back of the net. And I think she's like that silent predator sometimes that she can be. And everybody knows what she's capable of. And in those games, you just kind of think she's re- she is really quiet. She hasn't done a huge amount. And she'll just come out and surprise you literally like a predator. So I think teams have to be really careful of that and just not take their foot off the gas at any one point. I don't think at any point they can think Sam Kerr's having a really quiet game. It's not possible. When when she's involved, there's no quiet game and Sam Kerr, they just don't belong in the same sentence. Um, So I think that's probably the the one to watch out for 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 Australia's opponents, I think. Yeah, I mean, Jack, have you got anything to add about Sam Kerr? Because I know you've watched her play a lot this season. And she's been amazing for Chelsea. Can she take, sorry, can she keep that form back home? I, I certainly think she she can. I think she's got a great opportunity to do just that. I mean, yeah, you, you can never pass up an opportunity to say about what, what what an unbelievable talent she's been, not just for Chelsea, but I think for the WSL as a whole. I think it really helps to have one of the, the, the game's sort of genuine global stars in, in our league. Um, and now she's probably got the best opportunity. I mean, I'm not sure there's ever been a sort of a poster girl for, for a major tournament with the same status as, as what Sam Kerr has going into this into this competition. And as well, I was briefly in Sydney on the way out to Brisbane. You cannot move for Sam Kerr posters, billboards. Her face is everywhere. She's like, she's, you know, in, in a nice way, she's unavoidable um, out here. But it's, I think that's a sign of how, just how big this tournament is to Australia. Um, and, and yeah, they're, they're, she alone makes them dangerous, but but like Beth said, they've also got some great other attacking talent. Um, it's whether the defence can hold up, I think, when they come across uh, up against the, the bigger nations in the latter stages, uh, should they get there. But yeah, potentially, I mean, who knows if they finish second, potentially it could be a, a, a huge clash with England in the last 16, but we'll probably wait and see if that, that comes through. I mean, let's be honest, home teams do have a habit of getting through the group stages and maybe surprising a lot of people. And um, from what I've seen in the press, um, Jack, I can imagine how much Sam's face is, Sam Kerr's face, sorry, is all over Australia. So we're going to move on to Group C and Group E. We'll come back to England's Group D in a bit. Group C sees Costa Rica, Japan, Spain and Zambia. And Group E has the Netherlands, Serena Weigman's old team, Portugal, United States, the favourites and Vietnam. Laura, I know you've been looking into them for us. I mean, we know a lot about the US. Tell us something about some of the other teams that are in Group E. 
Yeah, this these two groups, when I was looking into them at first, it's it's a battle of obviously the best of the absolute best and the battle of the, the, the deputants because there are so many. I think there's eight teams that are making their World Cup debut this year and there's three alone within these two groups. So I'll start with Group C. We have, I think, the the, the biggest beast in Group C we've got, we've got Spain, and we know how powerful they can be in Europe. And it'll be really interesting to see them on the world stage, especially when they're going up against the likes of Japan, Zambia, Costa Rica. So I think with that, we've got that. We've got a little bit of scope to see what we've got on the international stage. But with Spain, we've never seen anything of their calibre that could go up against it. And I think it's going to be slightly scary for Zambia. Um, Obviously, they're debut this year in the tournament one of them and Costa Rica as well and I think we've got the first game Spain versus Costa Rica and I think it's going to be two really exciting games and that's going to be two really exciting teams coming up against each other you know Costa Rica they've kind of sat just underneath just not quite getting there and I think this year because there are 32 teams, it's a chance for all of these debutants and the ones that have kind of sat back out of the limelight quite a lot to really showcase everything that they've got. So I think with that one, I do think Spain will still top it, um, of course, but I think that we really need to watch out for a lot of the others. Um, with Group E... I think that one is going to be, we've got two very experienced World Cup teams and we've got two debutants. I I think everybody kind of has all their eyes on the USA to go all the way to the final um, and do it. They've made it another win for them. But I think they they really need to watch out for Portugal. You know, this is their very first tournament. However... I think they've got a very good chance of getting out the group stages with a lot of goals under under their under their name and going into that round of 16. And we've got the Netherlands as well. Obviously, Serena's Serena's home. And I think that's going to be another really interesting one as well. We've got a few WSL players in there. And I think the way that the WSL has come out of its shell a little bit this year and it's more on the world stage, it is one of the best leagues in the world for women's football. And I think everything that's been pushed behind it this last season is going to give every player their chance in their international team to really showcase everything that they've got. And I don't think underestimating any teams that we've not necessarily seen before, I would not underestimate them in any way, shape or form. And we know what can happen in a World Cup. Anything can happen. Um, So also in Group E, we've got Vietnam as well. So I just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's their first tournament and there are so many to watch. I mean, 
without going back to the USA too much, they've how do you how do you even encompass what the USA is? And even their young players last year, Sophia Smith is going to be a huge one to look out for. And, you know, we always thought it would be so many other different players, literally their entire squad, let's face it. <laughs> but we've got these players that are up and coming that people have been like, if they've not followed the American League before and they're thinking, who's Sophia Smith? You know, who, who is this really young player that's up and coming? Like, who are these people? And I just think these two groups especially, it's so easy to say we've seen X, Y, Z play, but this year I just think it blows that entire history out of the window and it's probably one of the, not only is it the biggest World Cup we've ever had, it's probably just the the widest open one that we've had as well. It's It's absolutely mad and I think, I'm really excited. The first the first couple of games for, for C&E, I'm very intrigued and I can't wait for the Netherlands and the USA to come up against each other. I think that one's going to be a really good game and I'm excited for Spain and Costa Rica as well. I'm excited to see what Costa Rica can do. I mean, you make a really good point about the number of WSL players. The WSL actually has the most players from a specific league appearing in this Women's World Cup. So thinking about that, do we... So many of the stars play against each other in the WSL. Is that helping to make the Women's World Cup more open because they're playing against other players from other countries, other nations, players they may not have crossed paths with in the, in their region? So, do we think you know there's a lot of players going to their manager and saying, "I train with X, Y, Z on a daily basis. I know she likes to do this." And do you know the fact that women's football is growing worldwide is that? Are we going to see that on the pitch this season? Jack, what do you think of the World Cup? Are we going to see the talent coming through that we've been watching in the league for the past year? I think so, yeah. And I think it's 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 perhaps a little bit difficult to predict only because we've had a bit of a longer break. And to me, the, the end of the WSL season feels like a lifetime ago already now. And it's it's so it's it's sort of a, a little bit difficult to call who's going to be in form, who's in the best shape. And that's, and funnily enough, on the theme of USA, although the, the American team aren't as, as, as clear favourites as they were, I do believe that one of the advantages they've got is that they're, obviously the majority of their squad play in the, their domestic league, which is mid-season at the moment. So players in theory should be you know completely match sharp. So it's a little bit difficult to predict. But I mean, in the end, WSL is, is the best league in the world depth-wise. So we will try and get through the rest of the groups before we circle back to England. We've got Group A, which has got Brazil, France, my um, half of my homeland, Jamaica and Panama. We've got Group G with Argentina, Italy, South Africa and Sweden. And the final group is Group H with Colombia, Germany, South Korea and Morocco. If we start with Group F, Jack, I'll be honest, I tipped Jamaica to surprise a few people in this Women's World Cup. Primarily because they have Khadija Shaw, also known as Bunny. Do you think they can maybe surprise a lot of people and, and make it out of Group F? Uh, funnily enough, Natasha, I, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I think this Group F is probably the the, the most compelling group after Group B um, for, for two reasons. One, I think it'll be interesting. I still think it's between France and Brazil. 
who wins the group, but but the loser of that game, like you say, will in theory have to beat Jamaica. I'm assuming Jamaica are going to have enough to be too strong for Panama. And you know, in a, in a one-off game, we've seen what Khadija Shaw can do to to WFL defenses this season. You know, she 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 is an absolutely you know titanic figure for for that Jamaican side. And I mean, in terms of like as we were just talking about before as well. W, in a WSL clashes, it'll be interesting to see her going up against um, Raffaele, who, who probably is going to be leading the, the Brazilian defence. Um, I, I, I still would just tip France and, and Brazil based on sort of World Cup pedigree as well. But I, I really do think Jamaica will be one of the, the in, interesting sides to watch at this tournament. And they'll, they'll, they'll certainly do better than they did in, in, in 2019, uh, which I think was their, their first appearance. Um, I know it's... it's, it's Tough to, to rattle off the remaining groups, but um, I think in, in in Group G, I think Sweden uh, a, a, a definite tournament. I mean, I'm, I'm I loathe to use the term dark horses because I know it's, it can be like a bit of a, a an, an overused tag these days. But I, I do think Sweden are, are, would fit that bill. I think a lot of people will perhaps just see the the way they crashed out of the year as the way you know it was it was four 0 obviously that that semi final against England, but. That they're a better side than they they showed that night, and and they had plenty of chances as well early on in the game. Um, so I, I would expect them to come through Group G fairly comfortably, and it's sort of a, yeah, it's a, it's a tight toss up between I think Argentina and Italy for the last spot. I think purely based on on, on having some of the better players from from the Serie A division, I think I'll, I'll just about plump for Italy. Um, but yeah, the two the the they're sort of fascinating. I think. Not, uh, Sweden and also France, you know, let's, the, the, the draw is also favourable for them. Um, so I, I would expect to see both go, go deep into the competition. And that leaves us with Group H, which is Colombia, Germany, South Korea and Morocco. We won't stay too long on this, but who do we think are probably going to be the two teams to, to make it out of the group and who are the key players we should be looking out for? I think sort of when you look at, at Group H, the, the one that stands out is Germany, isn't it? I think... You know, if I had to, if you put me on the spot right now and I had to pick, um, you know, who I, who I thought was going to go all the way and, and win the tournament, I think I'd maybe pull up for Germany. We obviously saw, you know, how how brilliant they were last summer at the Euros, obviously reached the final and, and we saw Alex Pop, didn't we, their sort of talisman have to to withdraw in, in the warm-up. So, um, you know, there is sort of an element of if, if she had been sitting firing for, for that game against England, would the outcome have been slightly different? I'm not too sure. Um, so I think Germany are clear favourites to, to get out of, of Group H and, and go really deep into into the tournament. Um, you've got Morocco as well, World Cup debutants. They've got the likes of, of Rosella Ryan from Tottenham um, to keep an eye out for. Um, Colombia, obviously they had a, had a game with the Republic, Republic of Ireland, didn't they? Well, the other day that, that um, got sort of cancelled halfway through because of, of worries it was getting a little bit too physical. Um but yeah, they they were beaten by Brazil in, in the Copa America final last year, so they've obviously got plenty of talent. And um, to the likes of um, Cido from from uh, Real Madrid as well, um, and then South Korea again. We saw him at the the Arnold Clark Cup, didn't we, earlier this year? Maybe a slightly disappointing showing, but um, you know they they do have plenty of talent. So yeah, I think Group H, the, the clear sort of favourite out of that group, has, has got to be be Germany, hasn't it? But um, yeah, plenty of, of talent on display. But we're gonna head on to. England's group now. Sorry, I keep losing my voice. So group D, we've got China, Denmark, England and Haiti. So we know England are one of the favourites for the tournament. There's a lot of pressure on them. Laura, do you think 
they can do two and two? Can the European champions become world champions as well? I cannot tell you how many times I've thought about this question over <laughs> the last few months. I I do think we have a very, very good chance. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't think, hopefully, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but I don't think our group stage will, will be the end of us. I think we'll comfortably make the group stage and, and top that. <laughs> the thing that I think might stop us is going into our potential opponents. I think it's in regards to our group, I think we can easily top it. I'm fingers crossed, you know, Rachel Daly got golden boot in the WSL. She is now in that forward position. So I I think we have a really, really good chance as well of getting some goals past them. Um, but at the same time, getting past the, that round of 16 and, and our potential opponents, I think we've got a really good chance of getting to the semis the likes of Australia and, and the USA could be, you know, our our beasts to to try and crack and get past. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll sail the group stages and, unless anything horribly goes wrong. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think we all expect England to at least make it to the knockout stages. But Beth, obviously we can't just ignore their opponents. Haiti, obviously, another debutante. We have Denmark and China, who are the current Asian champions. Which team do you think will give England their biggest test in the group stage? Um, I think Denmark, on paper, when you look at, at some of the players they've got, they've obviously got a, a, you know, a vast number of their team play in the WSL. And, you know, we're lucky enough to watch them week out, uh, week in, week out, and, and they've got some real talent in there. So I think Denmark are maybe the ones likeliest to give them a, a run for the money. But, you know, England should be be you know comfortably top in that group but should is the operative word isn't it and when you get to a major tournament it's always difficult to 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 know how things are going to play out but I, I do I do think England will will comfortably get out of that group and um, in spite of you know I know it's it can include in that um warlock game against Canada which finished a goalless draw it's three games now without a goal which um you know considering when, when we look back at England typically in Serena Beedman's tenure they've been scoring for fun haven't they so you know, it's, um, yeah, it will be, be interesting to see if they can sort of get back into their goal scoring groove. Um, but I think, you know, as, as Laura said, the real, the real difficulties will start getting to that, to that round of 16 tie because either, you know, with the greatest of respect to, to Republic of Ireland and, and Nigeria, it's likely to be, to be Canada or Australia and either of those are, are, are a fearsome opponent. And I, I think I'm right in, in saying that I actually don't think they'll meet the USA until they get to the final. I think that's the way that the route works. And I think, in a sense, it's actually maybe better for England to be on a tougher side of the draw and not meet the USA until till really deep into the tournament because, you know, I think there may be a little bit, you know, when you look back at certainly what happened at the last World Cup and, you know, I think that the USA is sort of um, the albatross around England's neck a little bit. So I think, you know, if they, if they can get to, to, to the final and, and meet the USA there and, and they'll have to beat some, some really tough opponents along the way, um, then I think they might just believe that they can, they can topple the USA. But yeah, obviously it'll be... A, be a difficult ask. It was amazing. We all agree on that. The top scorer, and she now has the number nine shirt. Are we expecting any surprises, Jack, in in, in the lineup, the starting eleven that we're going to see, given the injuries and maybe some of the other players who haven't got as many minutes for England at the moment? 
I think, um, yeah, I think it's it's almost an expected surprise, but uh, obviously the, the nature of the back four will be very different to the Euros. Obviously, Rachel Daly is now considered firmly a striker in Serena Weigmann's plans. I, I don't see that changing through the tournament. So we'll obviously have a new left back. Alex Greenwood will probably be shifted over to, to centre-half for the tournament uh, due to the injury to, to Leah Williamson. I think Jess Carter's got a great chance of being in the running because I think every time she's been picked for England, she's, she's never let... Um, Serena down so far. Uh, you clearly saw as well Emma Hayes, the, the trust she placed in her towards the end of the season. Even if sometimes she's coming off the bench, I think um, she, she's in a good place and a good position to, to be uh, to be in contention for, for Saturday's team. And then obviously, like we've, I'm sure you've talked about as well, but the, the big call up front, number nine, Alessia Russo or Rachel Daly. Um, I think it, to be fair, it could it could be down to a cost of, toss of a, a coin at this stage. If I had to pick now. I would go for Rachel Daly. I don't think you can ignore 22 goals in a season. Um, but I almost feel bad saying that for some reason. Feel some loyalty to to, to Russo after last summer. But then, and then also, sorry, the fi- the final interesting call I think is there's only two wide forward positions. You've got Lauren James, but but we've seen Serena's trust for Chloe Kelly and and, and Lauren Hemp and, and will Lauren James after such a, a sort of outstanding breakthrough season is she still going to be used as more of an impact player? Um, in in the in the way that Chloe Kelly and, and Ella Toon were used last summer, um, so so yeah, it's there's some there's I think they're the three biggest toughest calls for Serena ahead of Saturday, and and Saturday's team will tell us a lot I think about the team she she goes forward with for the tournament. Laura, do you think she can start without Lauren James? I mean, we've all seen how amazing she's been for Chelsea. Everyone's calling for her to get more minutes for England. Would you start her firstly, and do you think Serena will secondly? I would start Lauren James. I think she's her performance has just been out of this world. We can see what she can do. And we have seen that so clearly in even just her touches on the ball. Are, she's just such a joy to watch. She really is. She's so exciting as a player. And I think we all have to remember as well that she is so young still. And even when we have these conversations... Obviously, I'm no Serena, but <laughs> she is so young that maybe Serena, I think, even though I would start her, I think she will start on the bench on Saturday. I think Serena is going to go with with Kelly and Hemp and then possibly use James as a super sub like she did with some of the other players that, you know, we've been talking about last last summer. So I think she's got that power and then... Obviously, we've we've got the Nations League at the end of that end of this year. I think maybe then do we see Lauren James making her starts then exactly like Chloe Kelly and and Lauren Hemp. So I definitely think she should be starting, but I don't think that she will. I think she'll be on the bench and maybe a sixty fifth minute, seventieth minute sub to to try and change the game on Saturday. I mean, that's something we've seen from Serena quite often, Beth. She she does like to stick with her more experienced, more mature players. Do you think she's going to continue that through the World Cup, as Laura said, or will she give some of the youngsters more of a chance? I think, you know, the, the key hallmark of, of Serena Beekman's tenure has been sort of sticking with the tried and trusted 11, isn't it? You know, we saw her at the Euros last summer. She started the same 11 for all six games. Obviously, it's going to be slightly different this time around because injuries have forced her hand a little bit and maybe some of those players, you know, particularly come into the back line if they were to make an error then you know they're not sort of as un- undroppable as, as Leah Williamson and, and Millie Bright so 
I guess we might see a little bit more chopping and changing. And, and again, with, with the, the forward line, sort of there being so many question marks over that. Um, but I do think she will predominantly stick with a lot of the senior players. I disagree, actually. I think she will start Lauren James. I, I think, I think actually, I really enjoyed seeing Lauren James being moved into the, the number 10 role against Portugal in the second half. I thought that was really what sort of helped unlock England's attack a little bit and make them a little bit more fluid. So I won't be surprised to see if she gets, gets, put there and then you have Chloe and him um on, on either wing obviously dependent on on opposition maybe against you know opposition that's that's a little more um challenging that that might not happen and she might stick with with Kelly and, and him but yeah I do think Lauren James will will get plenty of minutes at the tournament and um, I think she's too good to, to leave on the bench so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what she does but I think Serena will once she's sort of established in her mind who who she wants to start an 11 to be I think she will pretty much stick with that so for the duration of the tournament, obviously barring any injuries or, or any major sort of, you know, poor, poor dips in form. So, um, yeah, I think as Jack said, I think this game, this team against Pete on Saturday will be very telling. I think that's a perfect point to stop on. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Beth. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again on Friday, Friday the 21st, and we'll be giving you the England-Haiti preview. You can follow us on our women's football on all your social media. Thank you. Bye.